are you experienced? Have you ever been experienced? And we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 414, a.k.a. year 8, week 42, uh, coming at you this week. As always, I am your host, Mr. Richie Rich, along with MC. And since this is your live Saturday broadcast, find us on the clubhouse uh, in the Anarchist Experience Club or at me at Riches for Rich, R-I-C-H-E-S, the number 4, R-I-C-H. And when I start the live uh, club, I'll click the little button to invite you if we're friends, because that's what I do. I invite all my friends into the club, and then, much like the sad cringe uh, subreddit, no one ever shows up, and it makes makes me feel so alone. But that's okay, because I got you. Uh, what is going on Sorry. with you this week, MC? Oh, nothing. <laughs> it's been slow. It has been slow. I've got headlines, and we could probably just jump right into headlines. I don't know what the was like the big news of the week there wasn't much um i'll share i'll share one quick story again because you know my boss is my boss or whatever um and so we're having another little discussion and again he won't he won't necessarily take uh recommendations but we will have the little mini discussion and so again i don't know how the topic he said something about you know like the the how good the Ukraine is doing in Russia again. Like that's his <laughs> thing. Right. Oh, those Ukrainians are doing so good and they're holding their own against the Russians. Um, and I go like, well, kind of depends on your news source, man. You know, cause <laughs> I look at both sides and the Russians think they're doing just fine. You know? And he says something, well, that's if you believe, you know, Russian propaganda. I'm like, I'm not saying I believe it. I'm just saying, you know, I just don't believe the U S propaganda. And so he, you know, the, the question that he comes back with is like, well, or what the statement comes back with is, well, the U.S. is way more transparent, you know, with what they're, what's going on than the Russians. I go, well, number one, that's a really low bar, right? If we're talking about like, you know, Russian propaganda, you know, that that's a low bar to climb. And I, and I said like, you know, and the, and the United States, if they clear it, barely clear it, and they kind of trip on it as they go over it, you know? He goes, well, what do you mean? Like, you know, give me an example within the last couple of years of like, you know, the United States not being transparent in their dealings. And you can't say January 6th. Oh, all right. Well, fucking, you know, Nord Stream pipeline He goes, what do you mean by that? You know, who do you think did it? I don't (laughs) fucking know who did it, but, but I know where to look, you know? And so he's like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, well, it blew up, right? A month before it blew up, the president of the United States said he was going to blow it up, right? And then on the conspiracy side of things, you've got the guy who, like, tracks the airplanes. And he's like, there's a United States-based airplane flying around where the pipeline blew up. It drops 10,000 feet, 
the pipeline blows up and then it fucking lifts off and goes back up to its normal cruising altitude wherever it vacates the area. And we know nothing about the plane or why it was in the area or any of this. We just know that where it came from and where it ended up, right? But why it was there, who knows? And so he turns and he's like clickety-clack, clickety-clacking on his computer because now he's trying to like, you know, falsify my claim. And he turns back to me and he goes, there's like a 45-minute video covering this very topic. I'm like, yeah. You know, if you know where to look, you can get alternate information, you know, to whatever it is. And then, then, and then I asked, you know, like, why was the January 6th thing, like, off the table? Why couldn't I use that, you know, as, as far as, uh, uh, you, you know, misinformation given out by the United States? <clears throat> and we ran out of time and, you know, table that for another day and it's time <laughs> to go home, you know. Yeah. But the, you know, the, the I, don't, I don't know if he's coming around, right, or if this is going to be a continued source of fodder for the show. No, I've, I've had some friends um, where I hit them with enough information repeatedly. They start to go, Oh yeah, maybe just maybe like everything is lies and misdirection and manipulation and propaganda. Yeah. And then two weeks later, they're right back to how they were before. Like, hey, don't you remember all that crap that we talked about and I showed you? And you were like, oh, yeah, that's crazy. Like, it's still crazy, uh, and but they just don't care. So. He hit me up with the, but what about the roads? And like, if you're, you don't want to pay taxes on the roads, but you want the state to provide roads for you. I'm like, well, number two, I wholly reject your premise because, yes, I don't want to pay taxes for the roads. And I don't want the state to provide the roads, you know? Yeah. He's like, well, so you're, you're going to take like, you know, you're going to get knock on every door and get permission from every private property you have to cross to get from, you know, here to there, wherever you happen to go. I'm like, no, that's dumb. Who would do that? Like the roads right there. He was like, but the state owns the roads. And I'm like, they, they do now, but we're talking about a hypothetical where they don't. Um, and I always recall like, uh, the Jesse Ventura. Remember Jesse Ventura? The body yep. and then the mind and then the, you know, whatever he is now, wherever he happens to be. Um, he rejected the idea of like libertarianism uh, at one point, even though he was an independent on the grounds that of, on the grounds of the roads. He's like, you know, if you had, if you libertarians had your way, there'd be a toll booth at every driveway, you know? And I'm like, that's the, dumbest thing i've ever heard because nobody wants that right there's not a there's not a there's not a person on the world in the world right who wants to uh, pay a toll at every driveway like we'd figure it out you know like hey hey neighbor i won't charge you a toll if you don't charge me a toll right and then those two agree and then they go to their neighbors and their neighbors neighbors and on down the line Right, until everyone agrees that a toll booth at every driveway is fucking dumb, right? And if you believe in markets, you would understand that markets don't want that or the you know members of the market don't want that, and therefore that would not be a thing. Um, and so I also left him off with the, you know, the last recommendation. I was like, would you take another book recommendation? He was like, sure. <laughs> the privatization of roads and highways. Like this has already been covered. We, we not need we do not need to discuss this 
You just got to rep here. Go, go read a book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, so in other news, there, um, the uh, the thing that came out was the the, the January six videos. Yeah, that's why that was off limits in our discussion. Yeah, um, and that's okay. Whatever. Um, Not for our discussion, me and you, but for me and the boss. He's like, you can't use that as an example of government misdirection. But continue. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know his reasoning why, but um, I don't know either. He that's the time I, we ran out of I, we ran out of time before he would. Yeah, I don't really question. care. Maybe maybe he thinks that's oh well, that's just politics. Like that, that that's just politicians playing games, and so that doesn't count. Yep. Maybe I don't know. Um, but it surely wasn't just politics for uh, the Shaman QAnon guy. Yeah. Who who uh, is in prison Steamrolled. for four years? I think. Yep, I think that was the same. That sounds right. So I assume he'll be getting out now because he was being led around and not arrested, and he probably felt like he belonged there. <laughs> Bold assumption on your part that they're going to let him out. Uh, well, I there, there's enough uh, anger over the not releasing of the information, and then turn it also turns out that the people that that were in the January 6th committee didn't watch the videos. They had somebody else do that for them. Interesting. So, yeah. The, the whole thing was just, and uh, you now to me, it was obvious, you know, uh, it, it was a committee to, to, to win uh, an objective. And that, that objective is uh, go after Trump and say that this is a, uh, you know, yep. these people are bad and that's it. So, um, it doesn't, they didn't care to look at the videos and find the truth. They had their, it was just a, a way to create a narrative. Oh, speaking of narratives, uh, the other one was the, you know, the COVID-19 uh, is the most dangerous thing ever. And it came from the wild, that, that narrative, you yep. know, it's just, it's just stories that are pe- people are telling and they, they create groups of people uh, that are the authorities on the subject. And they say, well, you must believe us because we're the authorities. Yep. And it's so stupid. <laughs> you, can't, you can't make it up. It's so, and it's like, I can see right through it. I don't know why other people can't, you know, like, oh, the January 6th committee. Like, why isn't your default instinct? Uh, yeah, this is a bunch of phonies, you know? Yeah. It's like, they have an obvious political obje- objective. Like, they're, they're, they're so biased that you can't even put them on the chart, you know? It's, <laughs> it's, yeah. a, it's a fake thing. <laughs> I, I, the, the, the COVID one came up in a discussion last Sunday at dinner. Um, because again, it's, you know, and this is amongst like libertarian people, right? You know, he's like, oh, you know, the, he was anti conspiracy theorists, you know, with, with that. And I go, well, hold on a second. Cause I don't, cons- I don't necessarily consider myself a conspiracy theorist. I'm interested in conspiracy theories, right? But I just, you know, I like to find, the Occam's razor answer, right? Whatever seems to me, is that the right metaphor? Whatever seems to be the the most logical answer, right, or the simplest answer uh, is the default that we should go to, right? So at dinner, you know, one of the one of the gentlemen was like, "Well, you know, you don't you don't really believe like the lab leak theory, do you?" Uh, <laughs> of course I do. Well, I'm like, well, I'm like, why do you think that's a conspiracy theory? Number one. <laughs> 
right? Like the 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 alternative narrative is like bat Chinese bat food, right? But let's compare the two, right? You have a U. We have what we now can you know we should establish as fact, right? A U.S. a U.S. funded uh, bio lab in China, right? Doing gain of function research, whatever that means, right? Doing gain of function research on viruses in the lab, right? That's two fucking blocks away from this food court, right? And so we either have to believe that it came from a lab where they're doing this kind of research, right? And leaked out a couple of blocks away and, you know, got out a couple of blocks away or fucking bats, you know? Yeah, and some of the uh, people who got the virus first happened to work at that lab. That's news to me, and even more <laughs> so. Right? Yeah. So, so, so I don't know why I don't know why that's not you know that's not the default position for informed individuals, right? Like, could it have come from the wild? Sure, but with the lab right there, funded by the United States, doing research on this type of thing. Right near yeah. the near the near the patient zero, and patient zero is the lab worker, even more fucking so. Right? Why why is that the conspiracy theory, and not that it came from bat food, you know, which presumably Chinese people have been eating for centuries? Yeah, and there, there's uh, way way more evidence uh, yeah. about that, and the so the damning evidence that just came out was that. Uh, and I've known this for for months because there was email chain. The uh, the four scientists that were working along with uh, Fauci to uh, you know discover where this thing came from, um, they were leaning towards the direction. Yeah, it, it most most likely came from a lab. I mean, it's pretty obvious. Was basically what was in the email. And then they had a backroom talk with Fauci, and then when they came out of that room, I think it was like February 1st or 2nd or something. I can't remember the exact date, but yeah. Um, they came out and all of a sudden they switched their position. Right. To, no, it could not possibly have come from a lab. Could not have it because Fauci and, was running the lab. Well, and on top of that, all those four people got million dollar grants, like nine, $10 million grants for their labs or whatever. So they all got paid off. <laughs> and, and, and so what was, told to them was basically, well, we can't say it was from a lab because if we do, people will reject science. People no longer care about science. And so that threat along with, you know, the the threat of losing their job plus the the payout uh, was enough for them to go, yeah, Fauci's right. We we love science. And so we're just going to lie. (laughs) (laughs) That's even worse. Because it is, you're not going to reject science if you. This this is again what I said <laughs> early on, right? Like, I don't know what people think scientists do, um, but aside <laughs> from the funding source, right? I'm okay with scientists doing sciencey things, right? If you want <laughs> to study you, viruses, but you but disease, you still have to qualify how much risk you're willing to take, and you know how many millions of people are will, you're willing to to kill to do science. Dutch, sure. But I'm not. I'm not qualifying that here. I'm just saying that, you know. But you some, have to. No, I don't. Like that's. It's maybe not you personally, but okay. you know, th- when deciding whether science is worth doing or not, like those things have to be uh, discussed, and they are, and they were. Uh, 
Yeah. And in the United States, it was made illegal in 2016, and that's why they moved the lab to China. <laughs> yeah. Like, even cloning, right? Didn't cloning get moved to China because it's illegal every fucking where else in the world? But it, but it didn't solve anything moving to China. So, that, so all this stuff was done in, in secret. You know, they, they, they started funding it through third parties instead of directly, and that's where EcoHealth Alliance came yeah. from, and, and the NIH funding EcoHealth Alliance, and the EcoHealth Alliance funding the lab in China. It's like, you know, they, so these are a bunch of schemers um, uh, t- taking risks, unnecessary risks that uh, they shouldn't be to be able to because they're reckless. And, and that's, that's the part that has to be discussed. Like, okay. Like, science is good. Okay, fine. Maybe study viruses. Um, but there, there's a risk and that risk has to be discussed with scientists openly, not hidden in, in backroom deals, uh, people getting paid millions of dollars, uh, to you know, to you know, possibly you know, wipe out humanity. Well, okay, okay, fair. So let's 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 discuss it here then, because again, I'm I'm personally fine with scientists doing sciencey things, right? That's that's their role on Earth, and if they can get funding to do their sciencey things, uh, more power to them. If they have to get government grants, less power to them, right? What what I think would end up happening in you know the, the the free market utopia that we so dream of, right? Is investors are the ones who are going to qualify the risk of whatever experiments the scientists are going to be doing, right? Because in the event of an accident or a leak or anything like that, it's their money that's going to be on the line uh, for damages and and uh, restitutions, etc. So you you may lower the you may lower the acceptable risk, um, just by just by taking away government grants in general, right? And there's likely going to be more scrutiny, right, of those labs if it was privately funded because they know that their money's on the line and they want they want to know what's going on and you know what their what their risk tolerance is going to be. Um, but absent yeah, well, that, right? I I really I don't know what it would look like without without government regulations um well i okay then i also reject like the mad scientist theory where there's going to be an independently wealthy crazy guy like fucking with beakers in his basement sure i'm not i'm not even talking about that okay but uh you know just recently came out you know from the 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 pfizer thing that that they're doing something a little bit different than gain of function uh they they call it something else but you know the same effect with the coronavirus okay um so so that they can keep creating uh, boosters, you know? sure. Oh, a new virus just just came out. Where did it come from? Oh, you know who knows because they secretly release it somewhere else, and then they claim, well, now you need a booster because this new variant is out there. Okay. Um. So that's an example of you know where the 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 private market could could go wrong. Um. And I'm not saying we need government to solve it. I think government created this created the Pfizer problem to begin with. Right. You know, well, I okay. So, the the way that the in my the way you've explained it, the way I think that that goes wrong, right, is that within the private paradigm, um, if Pfizer like released a new virus, they would be held financially be financially liable for the damages caused by the virus they released, in sure. addition to having to provide the antidote, right? Like you wouldn't you wouldn't get away with 
it's like uh, it's like um, you know we uh, did we talk about it here uh, the the firemen right the the fire the the fire guys fire people who commit arson so that they have a fire to go put out right like when they get caught they are charged with arson and rightfully so right they, they don't get all the praise for being the firefighter right they're an arsonist and so if Pfizer and or whoever is releasing a virus and it can be traced back to them or released back to them um, they should be treated as criminals for unleashing the virus um, and not praised for releasing the cure or the antidote <clears throat> sure so I, I you know I think even under the under the private paradigm um, again it's risk tolerance right does the company do the investors want to be held liable you know personally and financially liable um, for damages caused by by releasing a virus in order to be the savior and releasing the cure and i think you know hopefully hopefully right the the market settles that by either not letting companies get that big to do that um or by you know punishing them strongly enough that no one else wants to do something that's stupid but I think that you know, yeah. I think that's built in. That's why I trust yeah. markets. Well, I, I I do trust markets a lot more, and w- without this huge, uh, you know, regulatory regulatory system like the FDA, CDC, WHO, um, I don't think this kind of uh, science would have been done. Um, you know, uh, it, right. it, you know, the whole lab in, in in China was dedicated to the the coronavirus lab. Uh, are two coronavirus. Um, so it's, it's really weird that, uh, I mean, I, I know the, the reason why the money was sent there is because they couldn't do the tests in, in the U S because they're deemed too dangerous. Right. And so they're doing them in China, but it's like China apparently didn't have enough interest on their own just to do it themselves without the funding. You know, it's right. like, so <laughs> they probably wouldn't have, uh, came to this this uh mishap without without the funding maybe maybe not i don't know yeah but go ahead yeah i'm i was just trying to relate it to this this huge government structure yeah. that that encourages uh well and and a lot of it is it just comes down to the money right well, Where yeah, does the that, money it's, come there's from? perverse incentives and and that's why i want to el- i want to eliminate the funding source from my point right because if mm-hmm. it's if I, I will always agree, right, with the with the government funding source being, you know, the stop all of every conversation, right? Oh, if it's funded by the government, it's bad. I'm like, yes, we're on the same page there, right? But that doesn't necessarily make the the act bad, right? Like, you know, the, you know, this goes back to the Bosdiat quote, right? Just just because you know, this, just because we object. To the government doing it, the socialist assumes that we reject to the, it being done at all, right? And that's not true, right? Security, security services, you know, fine if it's privately funded. You know, uh, education for children, fine if it's privately funded. Trash pickup, great if it's privately funded. Scientific research, fucking fantastic if it's privately funded. Um, and again, so when, when it comes down to, you know, what were why were they researching you know, the coronavirus and like, who cares? Right. Like that's, I assume that that's what scientists are doing. I've donated to, you know, to cancer research, uh, mostly cancer, you know, cancer stuff like that. Cause that seems to be the big one in the world. Right. And the one that hits home the most. 
Um, but th- there's how many other charitable organizations collecting money for scientific research for whatever it is, you know, whatever disease that, you know, you might have or whatever. And, and the, the profit motive to get a drug out to treat it or to cure it or whatever it happens to be um, means people live longer and are able to do things that they weren't able to do before, right? Like I wear glasses, you know, so I'm, I'm not against, you know, medical aid of some kind or contacts or whatever it happens to be. Thank goodness they invented those. So I don't have to wear my glasses all the time. Um, but that's, that's what scientists do, right? They, they study things that other people ought not. And if someone believes, right, that there's going to be some sort of virus in the future that mutates and wipes out humanity, and the only way that we can prevent that from happening is by experimenting in a laboratory setting sooner, right? And they get people, they get enough, they convince enough people that that, type of research ought be funded um then i just assume that that's what scientists do now when they make mistakes right when their little research virus gets out right they they should be liable they should be held to account they should be 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 held responsible uh for that breach um what that looks like i don't know um but you know there's you know there's there's always going to be a risk and the the people who are harmed Right, ought to be made whole uh, by the people who are responsible for that. And if it's the investors, right, investors' private money, right, in a free society, like, well, you you helped fund this thing, so we're coming after you to make this guy whole. This is part of the risk you take as an investor, right? I'm perfectly fine with that, um, and letting letting people act freely without any sort of rules or regulations on what they're allowed to do with their money and their property so long as it doesn't harm anybody else which again i know you know i think ks would disagree with me on this he's not here today to to use his own words um but i'm i am okay right with the ownership of private nuclear weapons because the only way to stop that is through you know some sort of government intervention of some kind right but if you if you can afford it and you can own it right then who's going to who's who's going to stop you? And the only answer I've ever gotten back, well, it's too big of a it's too big of a, a burden, right? The damage is too great for any one man, uh, any one man to be responsible for because it, it'll kill more. You can't be it can't be used in self defense, and it'll kill more uh, than anybody ever would be able to be responsible for. I go okay. So how do you stop them? Right? Like if you know. Without without the without the overarching thumb of the state or government security or government police, right? And a dude owns it, right? The only thing you can do is like get your neighbors together and try to take it from him, right? In which case, guess what? He's already got his finger on the button, and you probably ought not do that, right? You you know you you don't mess with the guys with the nukes. Um, there's independence talk. In New Hampshire, there's independence talk now in Texas. There's the whole national divorce thing that's in the news in general. And, I go, and you know, from my perspective, I go like, man, states ought to own nukes, right? If you're concerned that the United States government is going to come after you in a civil war, armed conflict, like roll in the army situation, right? What we know prevents them from doing that is the opposition has nuclear capabilities, Right, because you know the 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 potential mutually assured destruction uh, at one point in time was so great, right that nobody went there, 
Um, and I know we're getting closer to that precipice with the whole Ukraine, Russia, leftists want to blow up the world situation. Um, but if you want to keep the United States federal government from interfering with your sovereign movement or your, you know, your secession movement, right, you, you probably ought to have nuclear capabilities in order to uh, stop any sort of military aggression against your individual state. Yep. <laughs> yep. See? Because then they won't do it, right? If like, if they're like, well, we're going to roll in tanks. That's okay. We're going to launch a nuke. Your call. You can let us be free, and we'll use this. We'll use this nuclear capability, this nuclear power, you know, as a stop gap, a stop all from any sort of military aggression, right? Since we're obviously, since you know, New Hampshire and or Texas and or whatever, and you know, Hawaii, right? So they're not going to be. They're not going to build an army. Right or raise an army large enough to repel the threat of the United States government and and military, right? But if you had a nuke, right, people are less likely to try. Yep. Um, when I when I went to Colombia, I I did a I, I did a speech, and uh, part of part of what I was talking about was just the idea of uh, narratives being the way we do politics these days and it's just <clears throat> to me that's really sad it's just like so you can believe in one story or the other yep um so i recently and it has found to be out, one or the other right yeah yeah this side that side or conspiracy theorist yeah well so well okay so the the conspiracy thing if if you don't have a theory about a conspiracy then you can't ever find out the conspiracy like it's not just going to <laughs> expose like, itself hypothesis what, <laughs> testing <laughs> right so so uh yeah the the whole th- that's one narrative that actually succeeded was to uh create doubt in people that have theories right now some people take it to extreme uh, one of them is my friend but <laughs> um but if you don't have the theory, then you have nothing to investigate. So you you, you got to come up with stuff. You, you got to see things, see a pattern, and then find out the truth. Um. So anyway, one of my uh, favorite narratives, of course, is climate crisis. Yeah. I recently found out uh, how how it one one of the ways it happened. And so there's this guy, Michael Mann, pretty famous in the climate arena. Okay. And he made this uh, graph. And when it came out, it was labeled the hockey stick graph. Oh, yeah. Used in Al Gore's movie. Yeah, it was. And and it was rightfully ridiculed and debunked and everything. It was trashed in the media. And I thought that was going to be the end of it. It's like, oh, yeah. So they found this guy. He's a fraud and and, uh, whatever. But quietly... He was he he stayed in in government climate science and he was promoted and he got to like the head of NASA or something. Jesus Christ! Maybe it was maybe it was wasn't him. I, for, I forget what position he he held. But please don't let it be uh, NASA. Uh, pretty it was pretty a pretty high position. I have I have to you know double check it again. Yeah, don't worry about it. But the the worst part is is that that hockey stick graph not only wasn't removed from the government records, it became the de facto correct one according to the government because it showed a crisis and not only that but it went on to 
become the centerpiece of the UN uh, climate study. Jesus. So you have this this graph that is is fraudulent, and we have emails to you know kind of you know, and he explained it in his own words, uh, you know, what he actually meant by that and what the words meant. But uh, to me, that was all lies. <laughs> okay. To me, it's obviously like they they want to prove that CO two causes a certain amount of warming, and that's what they show. So, uh, anyway, there's another guy. Uh, I forget his name, but uh, so so what he said, and this is this is back in I think 2005 or something like that, when all this drama was happening. Okay. So what he did was he he took his method, you know, the scientific method that. Michael Mann says he got this graph and says, this is, this is the best I can do. And he put in random numbers instead of, instead of putting in the numbers from our, our, you know, history and, you know, the, 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 the readings from the thermometers and stuff like that. Right. And the tree rings and doing all that stuff. uh, He just put in random numbers instead of uh, the actual numbers. And the graph that came out, was also a hockey stick. <laughs> okay. So, if, and, and he could do this over and over with, you know, different numbers, just random, you know, not, they, they, he calls them, you know, trendless numbers. Right. You know, no trend in the numbers, just kind of random. And it always gives you a hockey stick. So that means, like, the hockey stick is the desired outcome and the, the reality has nothing to do with it. Yeah. So you could, it's obvious that it's fraud. It's yeah. it's wrong in a fundamental level. The outcome's made up and the data doesn't matter. Yeah. It's yeah, the outcome is predetermined by the method that he's using. Yeah. So it should obviously be thrown out. And it and it was uh discussed by a lot of scientists at the time and basically those scientists were let go and the ones that believed in the climate crisis and the and the hockey stick graph stayed. Yeah. So that was like a huge turning point in in U.S. Uh, climate science, and the problem is because of that narrative is so strong. You know, negative information is is e- twenty times easier to sell than positive. Um, it's stuck, and now most of the people in the U.S. believe that uh, human uh, emitted CO two is a problem for the planet. And w- once people uh, are afraid, even even if it's just like uh, a little bit, it's almost impossible to get them to look the other way and find counter evidence. Right. And we saw, saw the same thing happening in the coronavirus narrative. Like you, you just can't convince them. It's like, Hey, they're, they're lying. <laughs> like it's obvious they're lying. <laughs> right. And to me, it's obvious, but to them, it's like, what do you mean? Everybody thinks this. Like, right. You're gonna, So you're going to listen to a whole bunch of uh, scared people like, well, the scientists, so, and then, you know, not everybody's a scientist. Not everybody has the time to look into the numbers and do it themselves. So what do you do? I forget who the interview was with, but it was like a news reporter and, you know, somebody smarter than the news reporter. And they were talking about, you know, bias in the media. And, mm-hmm. you know, the uh, the news reporter was asking the guest, he's like, well, so you don't, you think I'm making stuff up? And you, you you think that I'm just, you know, putting on a show for the people like I don't believe, you know, the stuff that I'm saying. Uh, and the guest says, no, I totally believe that you believe it. 
right? But what I'm saying is there's a long line of people behind you that want your job, right? And the moment you stop believing it, right, the moment you figure this out and come around, you will be replaced by someone else (laughs) who wants your job, right? And they will continue the narrative because they they will be the, the true believers, the ones who believe it. Right. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to the scientists, right, like, you know, the, the Fauci's little guys or, you know, the climate guys, right, they, we're only going to talk to the true believers. Right. And the minute you're not a true believer or you go against the narrative or, you know, the, the message that we're trying to convey, right, that's fine. You're out. Right. And you will be replaced by a true believer, right, who will get us the information that we need. Right. We, uh, you know, back with even, you know, the coronavirus. Right there, the, I forget the congresswoman or whoever, but she was interviewing, you know, like a Twitter executive in a small clip, right? And she asked Twitter executive, like, so are you a doctor? And Twitter executive was like, no, I'm not a doctor. It's like, well, then why were you censoring information, right, from real doctors who do real yeah. research who just happen to have a different opinion on all of this? You know, the congresswoman claims that she had like vaccine injury and, you know, from whatever the boosters and she's got to live with that her whole life and yada. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, believe it or not, whatever. Right. But same thing. Right. The, 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 the doctors who went against the establishment were silenced in favor of maintaining a consistent narrative by true believers. And so yeah, with, and, and same with climate change. Yeah. And that's, and that's kind of what, I'm I'm against is 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 once your argument just becomes a narrative to sell. It's like I don't I don't really I don't care what you believe. Um but when you start requiring me to pay for it and there's billions of dollars being put into coming up with these stories and trying to convince people for for uh, all the wrong things whether it's climate or health or whatever. Um yeah, it's got to go. It's 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 a uh, it's like it's like paying people to lie for you, lie to you. And right. It's not necessary. People will lie to you without getting paid. You know. <laughs> it's like, why do you Why do you need government funding uh, to to you know get your story out? It's it's really sad and just destructive. Ah, because if you can get people to pay for it, they are now bought into the lie. Right? Yeah, and that's that's part of it too. Um, it's like. You know, people in the military when they kill people, well, they're getting paid for it, so it must be the right thing to do. Well, not just not just that, right? The the cognitive dissonance is harder to overcome, and if people are paying for the lie, right, in order to make in order to justify it to themselves, they will then try to convince others, right? You you see that with any sort of referral program, with any sort of religion, right? You bought in. You paid money for you paid good money for this, right? Or now you get, get others involved too. <laughs> What's that? Or you get paid. Or you get paid. But I'm ta- I'm talking about the people who are paying for the lie, right? The consumers. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Who are bought into the lie. Right? If if they they want to be right, and so they will eat they will go out and, you know, zealously uh, repeat the lie, right? And look for people to confirm their bias as well. Mm-hmm. And they 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 will only talk to people who confirm their bias, because that's how they that's what makes them feel good about accepting the lie in the first place, is the fact that other people believe it as well. It's it's weird that it's like a marketing strategy, 
that applies, you know, it's like a, it's a global marketing strategy, you know, that applies, right? Oh, you just spent $20,000 on a car, right? You know, go tell your friends how great the car is and, you know, get a referral fee if they come in and buy one too. Well, I just spent $20,000 on this thing. I better go make sure that someone else spends money too so that I confirm, right, my beliefs that this was the right decision to make. Harder, less important on with smaller items, but larger items, sure, right? Again, religion, the afterlife, referral fees for big ticket items. As a sales guy, right, you sell the big ticket item, you go like, now, do you have any friends that might be interested in this as well? I will go talk to them, tell them how, how great it is and what benefits you've received and so on and so forth. Right? I'll go, yes, let me give you all my friends' names because I want this to be a shared experience so I don't feel bad, you know, I don't feel buyer's remorse for making this decision. And on and on it goes. All right, good talk so far. Do we have headlines? Of course we have headlines. Uh, we may end up just starting with this first one because of how dumb it is. But here we go. Headline, a Florida senator wants bloggers to register to write about government officials. Okay. <laughs> Headline, unpopular truths need to be told. Headline, Texas lawmaker files bill to explore independence. Ooh. Uh-oh. Might have to skip that one. I don't know where that one came from. Uh, headline, Biden to propose new billionaire tax. Uh, headline, a permanent wartime economy. Uh, headline, if AI can't overthrow its corporate or state masters, it's worthless. Uh, headline, the bulk of this population has been rendered mentally harmless by the elimination of individuality. Let me see which one I'm missing, because if I, you know, I don't necessarily check these ahead of time. Um, was it this one? Uh Margaret, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene's, excuse me. Oh, just had a sneezy fit. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene's national divorce may be the only way to prevent uh, bloodshed. But for some reason, it like started playing an ad instead of the link that I had. Oh, yeah, look at that. Wow. So this was from Headline USA. Um, and for whatever reason, it's popping up like a Disney, uh, Disney link. Let's see if I can get that in the cached version. Cached. Okay, there we go. Got the cached version. It, that was bizarre. It for whatever reason, I guess I don't know if Headline USA um, is like a uh, Disney-owned outlet, hmm. but it was it was redirecting to Disney, uh, foreign Disney because I'm on a VPN. So it's like hmm. fucking uh, Malaysian Disney site. All of a sudden, how bizarre! All right, uh, MTG's national divorce may be the only way to prevent bloodshed. So that's what I got. Uh, any place in particular you want to start, MC? Um, no, anything's good. All right, let's do the first one then. Because we're not bloggers. Uh, we do a podcast. Uh, but I'm, sh- I'm sure that if this goes through, right, that they're going to try to extend it out to any sort of criticism uh, of the government or the governor or any govern- government official. A uh, Florida senator wants bloggers to register to write about government officials. Just when you thought the world of free speech couldn't get more draconian, a bill proves you wrong, appears in Florida Congress. Uh, Senator Jason Brodeur created a sweeping bill, a Republican, that would require bloggers who write about any government official to register with the state. Uh, Okay, I'm kidding. We all knew things were going downhill and bound to get worse. This is definitely worse, though. 
the very idea that in the United States of America, one would need to register with the government to talk about the government is profoundly, deeply, and disturbingly un-American. <laughs> what does SB 13... 13- Go ahead. I, I got to interrupt you just for a yeah. second. Um, uh, uh, Matt Taibbi, the the journalist that that broke the uh, Twitter files. Yep. It was funny that the government was asking him for his his sources. He's like, I'm not giving you my sources. And so then they they kept pressing him, like, Well, who who gave you permission to read that? And he's like, Well, I'm not giving you my sources. <laughs> and but my, I was thinking the whole time, like, Well, why do you need permission from the government to to read something? And if it's not the government, then who did butt out? You know, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can just go ahead and fuck right off now. <laughs> yeah. The in, the interesting thing now, if, as long as we're going to pause right here, the interesting thing about this right is the the requirement to register right oh requirement to register that's that's un-american right you shouldn't have to it's a violation of the first amendment to have to register uh meanwhile you know similar talks are being done on the left uh for firearm owners to register their firearms and that not being a violation of the second amendment right oh no we're not saying you can't you just have to register Right, so we're not saying you can't talk about government officials. Uh, you just have to register. Uh, what does SB 1315 say? Getting back into the article. Here's what would happen. Bloggers must continuously update the state on how much money they made on any article mentioning government officials. If the bill were to pass, failure to register and update the state about compensation will result in daily fines. Uh, SB 1315 information dissemination targets bloggers specifically for a small one-person blog that covers politics uh, the paperwork would be so erroneous as to put them out of business uh, i guess bloggers must have written something about senator brodeur and hurt his feelings enough uh, he wrote an entire law about it uh, here's some of the verbiage requiring bloggers to register with the office of legislative services uh, or the commission on ethics as applicable within a specified time frame requiring such bloggers to file monthly reports with the appropriate office by a certain date, providing an exception, uh, specifying reporting requirements, uh, authorizing a magistrate to enter a final order determining the reasonableness of circumstances for an untimely filing or a fine amount, uh, requiring that the legislature and the Commission on Ethics adopt a specific rule providing penalties for late filings, Uh, prohibiting the assessment of a fine for the first time a report is not filed timely under specified conditions, authorizing bloggers to appeal a fine within a specified time frame, specifying the appeal process, authorizing bloggers to request that the appropriate office waive the reporting requirements under specified conditions, and providing that unpaid fines for a specified time frame may be recovered through the courts of this state uh, providing an effective date. There's more, but that's the gist of it. Uh, another attack on free speech. First things first, please note that the sponsor of this bill is a Republican. People are always ready to point fingers at the Democrats for offenses against the First Amendment uh, and with good cause, which we'll discuss in a moment. But it's really a government problem, not a party problem. Almost everyone in government would like to shut us up and prevent us from questioning their narrative. Uh, attention, Florida. Senator Brodeur has just shown you what he thinks of a free press and free speech. 
you'll probably want to remember this nonsense at re-election time in 2024. Is this really the person you want to represent you? I'm flummoxed by the entire thing. Uh, we need to we need to forget choosing the lesser of two evils. Choose better. We can do better than this. We deserve a country that abides by the Constitution, and we should demand it. Uh, the bill comes to light right as his the as the hits start piling up on GDI, the Global Disinformation Index. Uh, the Global Disinformation Index is a British-based nonprofit group that previously received six hundred sixty-five thousand dollars from the Global Endangerment Center and National Endowment for Democracy, a State Department-backed group, while it was overseeing censorship of conspiracy theories about COVID-19. One of these conspiracy theories was the notion that COVID-19 originated from a lab leak in Wuhan, which GDI claimed has been fact-checked and proven untrue. Uh, GDI abused its influence to pressure big tech firms like Google to cut advertising from conservative websites that pushed the lab leak theory, placing them on a secret blacklist called the Dynamic Exclusion List in an effort to put them out of business. The group targeted firms that were providing ad revenue streams to known disinformation sites peddling coronavirus conspiracies. Incidentally, this U.S. government-sponsored entity is the one that caused uh, the Organic Prepper website uh, to be defunded three years ago. And I think this is not from the Organic Prepper, but I think the original article did appear there. Uh, they tried valiantly to silence us and destroy this business. On that note, please consider sponsoring us on Patreon. Uh, I'm not going to read that. This isn't the first anti-free speech attack in Florida. As much as I'd like uh, Governor De DeSantis, it's concerning to me that he advocated for another bill in Florida House of Representatives that would make it easier to sue the press for defamation. Uh, HB 991 defamation, false light, and unauthorized publications, name, or likenesses is currently on the table. Here's the official synopsis. Provides that journalist's privilege does not apply to defamation claims when defendant is professional journalist or media entity. Revised provisions concerning venue for certain actions. Provides for attorney fees and cost to prevailing plaintiffs in certain actions. Specifies certain persons may not be considered public figures. Provides certain allegations are defamatory per se. Provides statutory damages to prevailing plaintiffs who are subject of such allegations and creates presumptions that statements by anonymous source is presumptively false. Uh, provided public figures do not need to show actual malice to prevail in defamation action. This appears to target legacy media as opposed to bloggers, but the chilling effect on reporting would be the same. Another concerning factor is the bill that journalists would no longer be protected for refusing to name anonymous sources. This has given me second thought about the suitability of DeSantis for president, but could still prove me wrong. Gosh, I hope I don't get sued for saying that. Uh, will the anti-blogger bill pass? I think, hope, this ridiculous drivel is unlikely to pass. Brodeur is the only sponsor of the bill and the only person with his name on it. While others in the Florida Senate may or may not wish for a finalized muzzle to be placed on members of the alternative media, they're not so brazen as to announce that they want to stomp all over the First Amendment like the rather incomparable Senator Brodeur. There's a serious problem in Florida legislature right now, uh, though, for all these anti-free speech bills to be presented. When free speech dies, free thought dies. Alternative media is the last hope for honest journalism and commentary. Sure, we have advertisers, but they don't call the shots as they do with mainstream media. We're in business to make money, but we're also independent by nature, or we wouldn't be doing what we're doing. Trust me, it would never be worth the hassle if we didn't firmly believe we we're making a difference. 
Way back in 2018, when Alex Jones first began to be deplatformed, I said that you didn't have to like or support Jones to be concerned about the ramification of this. Silence one person in the alternative media, and you open the door to silencing all of us. And that appears to be exactly what they're trying to do. End of the article. So, unlikely to pass, uh, but your thoughts on floating this balloon just to see, you know, what sort of uh, support it may garner. Um, it's... I don't know. It's really hard for me to tell how serious of an issue it is if it's just one person. And, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of people in government. You know, there's a lot of senators and stuff like that. So it's, uh, you know, um, I mean, something like that should should immediately be thrown out anyway. Um, because sure. Because it's... It's uh, against the First Amendment, um, but but things do get passed every once in a while, and then and then you have to uh, go to court and invalidate it later. Um, right. So yeah, it's just a government stooge just being an idiot, and uh, what do you expect? <laughs> well, okay, and see that's that's where we might disagree a little bit. I don't know. I think he's a government stooge, and again, I I don't know if he's an idiot. So. For instance, uh, in my life and in my world, you may have even heard me say this in person, MC. Um, but uh, you know, in you know, if I if I'm trying to garner some information from somebody, you know, where I I don't know exactly what the truth is, right? I will say something to the effect of, "Well, word on the street is," and then I will make up a lie, right? Like word on the street is you were hanging out with like Robbie the other night, you know, and then they go like, well, who told you that? Right. I'm just word on the street, man. I'm just, you know, I'm just passing on information that I heard. Right. And in, in the hopes that, you know, whomever I'm speaking to will go on the defensive, right. And tell me their truth. Right. And so when you have people like Senator Brodeur, Right, who was you know a low-level government thug, just a Florida congressperson, right? I don't think, I don't think he's necessarily uh, wants this to pass. I think he's being uh, propositioned in some way to float the idea, and like I said, to to float the balloon out there to see how it's received, right? Like if you if you if you say something outrageous. And I'll do, and I'll do this on Free Talk Live as well. And it's, it's a little ridiculous to me that when I do it, I don't, you know, I'll, 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 I'll give a hot take uh, on air in the hopes of like getting some callers to call in and challenge me. And you know, I don't mind being challenged. And I don't even believe some of the stuff I say. I just say it to, you know, be the devil's advocate or further the conversation, right? But you say like, no, oh, bloggers need to, bloggers need to register with the state if they want to talk smack about the government officials right and then you and then you say it and then you just wait for the reaction right and if there's no reaction if no one's like you know heart firmly against this or you know calling you an idiot or whatever they want to you know whatever names they want to call you or you get some support like yeah you know, screw those bloggers and their misinformation and you're getting like public support for it right then, then that that moves the uh, what's the the Overton window, right? It moves the yeah, Overton sure. window of acceptable discourse, and now we can talk about regulating speech because there's sure, public support for it. But e even if there's public support for it, it's still against the law. 
So I mean, if you're talking about constitutional, so that's what I'm saying. Eventually, even if it gets passed, it's like, well, it's still not right. It's still so, not right. But again, I'll, I'll move back to the second amendment, right? They have trampled the fuck over all of that thing. Right. But well, just because you can, just because you can't, uh, you know, just because you can't, uh, what's the word, uh, restrict it doesn't mean you can't attenuate it. Right. That was, you know, just, just uh, you can't infringe it, but you can attenuate it. That's the words I was looking for. Right, sure. We, we we're not going to stop you from talking. <laughs> what? No, I get it. Oh, um, yeah. We're not going to stop you from talking. We're just going to make you register before you talk. You still have free speech. You can say whatever you want. Now you just got to register. So it's not it's not violating the First Amendment, right? It's just attenuating it ever so slightly in their favor, right? And so there has to be backlash. There has to be pushback. Well, and it has to be loud and vocal. I th- I think if there was something in the Constitution that says, you know, well, if you swear to uphold and defend the Constitution, if you start putting bills that that work against the the Constitution, like uh, you know, attenuating uh, how people use their guns, um, then there should be uh, you know a public hanging. <laughs> and if, well, and if, if you Congress people go, oh yeah, I think you should have to register your firearm in order to carry a firearm, and that person gets hanged, um, then there, that would end it. There would be no more people trying to stop people from using their guns. Here, here's the little secret that again we'll talk about here, but nobody else wants to talk about. Right? You don't need to put that in the rule book. You just need to do it. Okay. Right. If, if, if a Congress critter comes out and says, like, we're going to violate the First Amendment, right, that, should, that, that individual should be stopped dead in his tracks by whatever means necessary, right? Just because of his speech? Is that anti-free speech? Of course it is, but it's not the government doing it, so it's okay. What is the government doing? That's the thing. No, no. I mean, I mean if, if, a, if, a, if a congressman says something that's anti-constitutional. Yeah. And then somebody from the, the public uh, does something about it. Um, yeah. Or then, if they try to enforce then, it. Right? And that's, that's, not, uh, that's not under the Constitution's um, authority, what, what people do right. uh, pr- privately. So. Well, and what people do privately is like the fucking stopgap, right, to the Constitution. So I always, you know, I'm, I'm fond of the, quote, Right, the tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants. Right, and I'm quick also to point out, uh, to, you know, to to the anti people uh, that within that quote, it's the blood of patriots and tyrants. Right, we we are going to lose a few good men, right, in a, in the fight for freedom, and that is an acceptable risk uh, for anybody who joins the fight. Right. Uh, the the second quote uh, that I will I will try to well, paraphrase I guess uh, is the price of freedom uh, is eternal vigilance right at no point in time can you let your guard down while defending freedom right you got to fight for it and you got to keep you got to maintain that fight to maintain it and so you know one congressman here or there. Right. Not probably not going to do much. Right. But if we ever if we ever get our freedom right and our our libertarian anarchist utopia of no government, you know, nothing to take over. 
you know. And that's the other thing. The, the other threat is like, oh, some gang will take over. What are you going to do about that? Uh, the same fucking thing we did to the government, right? Because that's it. The eternal vigilance is the price you pay for freedom. Always on your game, always ready to defend that freedom, right? At, at, but by any means necessary, uh, as they say. The guy, the, you know, the, the guy in Utah that just got shot, right? Well, oh, what mistake did he make? And I had the conversation um, with, a, with another Free Talk Live co-host, but this was not on air. I just wanted to run some stuff by him about it because I value his opinion. Um, and I said, well, if you're going to be, you know, if you're going to be in a government stop with your private license plates and not follow the rules, right, and declare yourself to be uh, outside the law, right, the law, the law of the land does not apply to you, right, then, then your own self-defense is in your hands. And he rightfully pointed out, well, your self-defense is always in your hands, right? You should never count on the state for defense or, or the government for defense. I went, okay. So when, you're, when you were surrounded, right, by five or more gang members seeking to do you harm, right, you ought to be prepared to defend yourself, and other people ought to be able to defend them, be ready to defend themselves in those situations as well. Now, but what does that mean? Well, if he had a gun in the car, right, and they were acting in a threatening manner, and he is not beholden to their laws by his own personal statement, right, you got to find a way to live to see another day. And I, I, I could say more, but I'm not going to say more here now. I've said it enough, and it is quite implied. Alrighty then. Final thoughts? Nope. All right, let's wrap it there then. You guys know where to find us, anarchistexperience.com, on telegram, t.me slash anarchistexperience, or t.me slash theanarchistexperience. And if you would like to contribute to this show financially, you can do so through Patreon, patreon.com slash theanarchistexperience. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace. <laughs>